Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. Amen. The first Adam was given to guard Eve, his wife, and their children. This first Adam was given to work the soil and care for earth's creatures. Adam was to be content with what God had given. So it was Adam's task to care for the needs of his, both his but his family's body and life. Adam was to work hard, to be attentive and responsible with his finances, to be creative and frugal with his time and efforts. Broadly speaking, we would say Adam was given to be a good steward of all that God had placed under his charge. But of course, as you know, after seeking the knowledge of good and evil, transgressing our Lord's own command, Adam's act of disobedience, then things got more difficult. He had to craft clothing to cover both his and Eve's shame. Adam would struggle to bring about food to eat, to bring about that clothing. Even where they would live would be his struggle. That is to say, his stewardship of what God gave him became infinitely more difficult. The cares of life, as Jesus called them, became an inescapable part of life. So you see, it wasn't wrong, and it isn't wrong for you to care for your body and life and that of your family. That was part of the original creation. We are given to set personal goals, to make arrangements for tomorrow, to be strategic with our finances and our energies, to be attentive to our needs. The problem is, as it was for Adam after he transgressed the Lord, that the cares of this life, they often come to rule over us rather than we over them. And at that moment, they are no longer cares, but they are, as Jesus calls them, anxieties. Anxieties driven by false belief. So it is that clothing and shoes, house and home, wife and children, land and animals, as you learned it in the Catechism, or maybe health care, college tuition, retirement savings, property tax, or even the long list of congregational needs, all of these things are gifts from God. But they can also become cares that drive us to anxiety and even despair. Truth to be told, more often than not, the things of this life enslave us. They rule over us. They bind us as cares. It's because they become as if or really just become our God. Now, How does that work out? Well, when you fear and love or trust in something other than God, it becomes your idol, your God, your false God. So think of it this way. If you fear the prospect of a collapsed economy or or the market forces, or if you love your way of life, or if you trust in the future hope of a Social Security check or pensions, when you fear, love, or trust, or hope in things that are not God, then you become ruled by them, and you have made them out to be your God. Now you notice I translated, or rather didn't translate, a word in the Greek today that Jesus uses, a name, actually, for a false god. 
sometimes translated as money, but rather it was personified in Jesus' day as a god. Wealth being a false god. Mammon is the name. So here's how it goes. What if you don't reach your goal or personal success in this life? What if your 401k tanks or Social Security goes bankrupt? What if, in the case of the congregation, St. John's doesn't meet its budget again? What if? You see how anxiety can be captivating or loom large in your mind. But do you really even know? Do you have any idea what tomorrow will bring? Or is it rather wild, wild speculation? Actually, the only thing you can do is make things worse. <laughs> by letting your anxieties drive you to greed or miserly, miserliness or lack of attention or even just poor citizenship. If you're ruled by this false god in despair, you can actually usher in your own destruction. Think about it. You could be lazy at home or at work and bring about the things that you fear. You could elect to choose riskier investments for your savings and then see how that goes. You could neglect to contribute your time or efforts or financial resources for this congregation and for her work and see how that spins out. If you're anxious because of a lack of love or care or attention, today Jesus is bringing it to your attention to see how we often bind ourselves to our anxieties and let them rule over us in order to call us to repentance, to confess to him, that we have worshipped this false god, Mammon. Our worship of this god, Mammon, rules over us so much that we're often surprised when things actually do go well. We can't believe that it's actually possible. What if God actually did grant us success or improvement in life? What if he ensures that you're taken care of well into your twilight years? What if God blesses St. John's despite all of your anxiety and allows it to grow together and increase in truth and love? Do we even know about that? And actually, we don't. We don't have any idea what tomorrow will bring. The truth of the matter is, according to Jesus, that we are simply to trust in him because we don't have any idea what tomorrow will be like. It could be awesome or it could be terrible. You can only really be careful about yourself, your family, your church, and your community. To be attentive, to be stewards, to care for what God has given you. But you know that even your best laid plans can and often do fail, come to nothing. You could do everything just right. You could make all the right plans, and what can still happen is that it becomes an absolute failure. So we're not to actually think about it. Not to be driven by panic or worry or anxiety or desperation about tomorrow, but to commend it to God's loving care. Because you believe that he gave you and still gives you everything you need for body and life. Not because you deserve it, but because he loves you as your loving father. So the apostle teaches us this. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. 
casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, the Holy Trinity hasn't promised you any particular success or goal or hope. He hasn't promised you that your careful plans will work out. But you do know and you do believe that he will work all things for the good of those who love him, whether good or evil. Your Heavenly Father knows that you need all the things of body and life. So it is true that the scriptures compel us to work. But it is also true that we must not believe that our striving, our work, our efforts, our plans reward or merit us anything before God. We are free to strive. We are free to work hard. We are free to make efforts and make plans and visions to be strategic. But we are always to give success or even failure back to God with thanksgiving and prayer. You see, it's the way of this world in our flesh and our worship of this false god named Mammon that drives us to our anxieties, our worries, our despair. As we sang, the world seeks after wealth and all that the worship of Mammon offers. Why is it? Because if you don't have the one true God who has promised and does provide everything needed for body and life, then you're going to worship this other God in hopes of getting what you think you need whether it is through bank accounts or estates or impressive monuments, to go out and get it, so to speak. But the truth that Jesus is teaching today is that you don't need to make a name for yourself. You don't need to dress up your life. You don't need to accomplish anything for God to be kind to you, to love you. That's because your name, your value, His estimation of you is already given to you. You already know it. You are a baptized child of God. You are and you will be forever. You no longer belong to this world, but to the world to come. Your treasures are not things that moth and rust can destroy, but rather your true treasure is Christ's kingdom and his righteousness. Again, already given to you as a gift in baptism. Since this is true, that changes your cares. It should reprioritize what you truly care about. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Jesus says. Your first care, your first love, is to be Jesus. You care for yourself and those who are under your charge, actually, in order that they would receive Jesus. Because your first priority for both you and for your loved ones is that they hear God's word in preaching and teaching. That they live to trust in their baptism. That they would stay in the loving embrace of Jesus, especially as they receive him in his body and blood. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Strive to enter through the narrow gate, is what he says. That should be your only care. Your only anxiety your only worry, that you would receive Jesus and that you would stay with him forever, that you would strive also for the sake of your neighbor to keep this place of preaching the gospel, this place where you receive God's grace and mercy through his gifts, to hold fast to Jesus and his gifts, support the work of his church that he has established, knowing, as Jesus said, that the Father will provide you with all the other things that you are so worried about, the things of your body and life.
He's already promised those to you too. Therefore, the apostle says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand.